0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Mind for Muscle podcast. I am your host, Nick Boleto, and in today's episode, we are going to lay the groundwork, the framework to the first pillar of my coaching system, which of course is training. This is the stimulus for all of the improvements that you can make within the way that your body feels, performs, and looks as well. Uh, so today I'm going to introduce the idea of the five essentials of exercise and talk about why you should start here. Why do you start here and not with you know whatever else? Uh, I know that For instance, Juggernaut Training Systems has uh, really solid scientific principles of strength training, and I am not here today to tell you that those don't apply. I absolutely think that those are a great place to start. However, these five essentials of exercise are... More important, and the reason that they're more important is that the the scientific principles explain kind of the the philosophy behind programming. But these five essentials give you the actual steps that you need to take once you're actually in the gym. How can you get the most out of an exercise? So, uh, with that being said, uh, I want to talk about you know why you should start with the five essentials of exercise, which is the core foundation to the the pillar of training within my coaching program. So these essentials are to provide the framework surrounding the movements you're actually doing in the gym. There's too many experts who swear by certain exercises, certain pieces of equipment and certain rep sets tempo when the fact of the matter is that every individual that picks up a weight is different. And once that weight is in your hand, I mean, the the only place where a five pound dumbbell actually weighs five pounds is when it's sitting on the rack. But once there's a weight on your back, a weight on a machine, a weight in your hand, depending on how you're actually lifting it, it's no longer just that five pound dumbbell. And on top of it, we are all built differently. We need a different approach to exercise. The technique that works best for me and my build will be drastically different than that for a 5 foot 4 woman. The same would be different for a 6 foot 9 NBA forward, right? These essentials are meant to help you optimize exercises to fit your body. Most of the time, exercise programs are built the other way around. We are supposed to fit our bodies to the exercises, and that is never going to be optimal and is only going to cause joint aches and pain and eventually injuries. I'm sure that you guys have participated in a program before, and there's been an exercise that just causes aches and pains and just doesn't feel right. You just don't feel it in your muscles. You don't think it's getting you any further results, but... It's in your program, so you just continue to do it. But once you know the five essentials and know how to apply them, you will be able to maximize the amount of stimulus and tension you get out of everything you do in the gym, which will lead to more muscle growth, fat loss, and strength for you. And a little added bonus you actually will end up being able to do less overall work in the gym because if you can master these five essentials, You don't need to do quite as much training volume, which means you don't have to spend as much time in the gym, and all of a sudden, you've got a lot more freedom, a lot more life to live. So this is all in all going to be really good for you guys. So the goal with these five essentials is to provide a framework to approach your training program. There are some exercises that fit most people, and those are the ones, of course, that I use with my clients. Uh, as well as some specialty exercises suited to the individual. So depending on the way that you're built, depending on the equipment that you have access to, we'll we'll choose some specialty exercises as well. But there are certain exercises that work for damn near everybody, and a lot of those exercises are not the ones that you probably are thinking of right now. (sighs) With that being said, it's very hard for me to be able to tell you to do this or to avoid this but if you can understand this framework, these five essentials, you'll be able to make your own intelligent decisions about your exercise, execution, and selection. It's important to keep in mind while you're listening to this podcast episode and future episodes where I go more in depth into the specific essentials and then subsequently in your training when you actually head to the gym and you try to you know, really put these things into action that the goal of hypertrophy training, the goal of training to build muscle, is to create tension within the muscle you're targeting. And tension is a product of the weight you're lifting and then how you're lifting it. So the weight you're lifting is going to be chosen by you or your coach. So I'm not gonna talk to you about how to choose a weight. You probably already have a pretty good idea of how to do that. But the way you're lifting said weight is extremely important. And in this episode and in future episodes, I'm gonna tell you the basics to ensuring that you're lifting the weights the most optimal way possible to create tension. Now, when you step into the gym to start practicing these essentials, it's important to leave your ego at the door. You may be used to using a certain weight for a certain amount of reps and sets, but you have to throw that out the window. You are going to learn very quickly that you can create massive amounts of tension with significantly less weights than you were before. And I'm not advocating for you to lift light weights. I am advocating for you to lift as heavy as is appropriate for your goal. And if building muscle is your goal, then execution shouldn't be sacrificed to lift a heavier load, as that ultimately won't change the amount of tension you're creating, or worse, it will actually decrease it. So with that being said, Uh, Let's jump right on into essential number one. And essential number one is the setup. And this happens before you even begin an exercise, and it's probably the most important of the five essentials. If your setup is off, there is nothing you can do with your execution to correct this. If your body is not set up to train the actual muscle you're trying to train, you cannot create tension there. Period. End of story. So what do i need mean by that you need to position your body such that the muscle you're trying to train opposes the resistance for example if you're doing a dumbbell biceps curl the force of that dumbbell is the force due to gravity which is directly perpendicular to the ground right it's it's straight down essentially so you want your biceps fibers to directly oppose that. In other words, you want them perfectly vertical. So basically you should be able to trace a straight line from your shoulder to your elbow, to your wrists, to the dumbbell, to the ground. This will help to ensure that the tension is going through your muscles and not your soft tissues and joints. Remember these six words when it comes to your setup. Stand proud and lock it down. Stand proud simply refers to your posture. You should never be slouched or rounded over. You should maintain a nice neutral spine and stay as close to anatomical neutral as possible. This is where your body likes to be. Don't fight your body. Ultimately, that's what this is all about. And if you don't know what anatomical neutral is, it's essentially just standing. Um, The only kind of weird thing about anatomical neutral is that it's with palms facing forward. So you're externally rotated at the shoulder Um, now back to stand proud and lock it down lock it down means stabilize the joints that aren't involved in the muscle action you're trying to train for example if you're doing a triceps push down it's important that your scapula aren't moving around this ensures that your triceps are extending your elbow to move the load and that your lats aren't creating momentum for you because Your triceps train not only elbow extension, but also shoulder extension, which the lats are extremely powerful shoulder extenders. It's extremely helpful that when you're trying to quote unquote lock it down, that you have something to brace into. Having something stable to help lock it down is going to allow you to generate more output, more tension, and thus create more muscle. A great example of this is doing dumbbell lateral races chest supported on a high incline bench rather than doing them standing upright. Having something stable to brace against is also a good strategy for doing more total work in a session. You can only do so many sets and reps of squats as they are very unstable and neurologically complex, but you can do a seemingly infinite amount of leg press, right? Until your quads are fatigued. How many times have you done squats to a point where your quads are actually fatigued and not your hip stabilizers or your lower back? Probably not that often, but when you hop on a leg press and you do five, six, eight sets, your quads actually feel fatigued. It's a good feeling, right? So, it's a lot more simple leg presses from a neurological perspective than a squat. Um, And and I also just want to take one brief moment here before I start to wrap up the episode that I'm not saying that the leg press is necessarily better than a squat, but when it comes to essential number one, the setup, a leg press does have an advantage over the barbell back squat. So that is the setup. And that is also just laying the framework for why these essentials are so important. So key takeaways, something for you guys to try at the gym right now, today when you go. Uh, as far as setting up goes, try, try regular standing dumbbell lateral raises and then give it a shot doing chest-supported lateral raises and see how much better output you can actually get from your side delts. Or try doing a triceps pushdown where you really focus on squeezing your lats and keeping your shoulder blade completely still. You'll notice that you'll get way more output from your triceps, or if we're talking about uh, uh, your quads, if you're training legs today, you know, try doing leg press versus a back squat. You know, see if you can actually do enough back squatting to fatigue your quads. You probably can't, but you can do eight sets of leg press, and the rest of your body can feel good, and you can actually fatigue the quads. So. Those are the things that I want you guys to take away from this episode. I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. If you have any questions about anything regarding essential number one, feel free to shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram. I would love to get in a conversation and talk to you guys about how you can apply this to other exercises. But that's it, guys. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Take care.